Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. We have a lot to talk about, my friends. We are looking at the astrology of January 14th through the 20th of 2024, and I'm just going to dive right in. The first exact transit that we have happening this week happens on the 15th, and it's a sun sextile to Neptune. This transit will be exact at 4.38 p.m. and is happening with the sun at 25 degrees of Capricorn and Neptune at 25 degrees of Pisces. I'm really a fan of the sextile between Capricorn and Pisces energies in general, simply because Pisces really brings out that fishtail on the goat of Capricorn. It really brings out the spiritual side of Capricorn. So we can often have really inspired plans or in, or do things from a spiritually aligned place when we're dealing with these energies. Now, when the sun forms a sextile to Neptune, it heightens our sensitivities. So that's our empathy, you know, both like in a psychological context, but also in a spiritual context. It heightens our generosity of spirit, our ability to relate to other people with grace and care, but it also heightens our psychic or intuitive senses. And so if you're somebody who is already inclined in that direction, it can you're more likely to notice it. The real kind of gift of the sun sextile to Neptune is it aligns us with feelings, sensations, and impulses that are really kind and that are not about the ego. They're not about serving the self. They're more about our interconnection. And so this is a time where if you're an artist, you, you know, really want to tap into this energy because it promotes creativity. Or if you're somebody that is just moved by, you know, movies or music or art in general, uh, yeah, pick up a poem, stare at a painting, go see a play. And if you're somebody who works with the spiritual or esoteric arts, you know, this is a great time to get into it because this sextile between the sun and Neptune is incredibly supportive of us making connections that help to fortify our vitality and do so in a way that is caring and considerate of others on all the levels, right? The more you foster your feelings of connection or interconnection, your feelings of empathy or interdependence during this transit, the better. It's really just a lovely, lovely transit. Now, the next exact transit we have is similarly lovely. It's going to sound familiar to you because it is. On the 18th, we have an exact sextile between Mercury and Saturn. And the reason why this is likely to feel um, familiar is because due to the Mercury retrograde, this is our third experience of it recently. Mercury was exactly sextile to Saturn on December 2nd and the 21st. Right. So you may want to uh, flip back through your calendar just to see what was going on for you mentally, socially, you know, at work, whatever. What was going on for you inside or outside on the 2nd and 21st of December? Now, this last hit of the Mercury sextile to Saturn is happening with Mercury at 
almost 5 degrees of Capricorn, 4 degrees and 56 minutes, Mercury at 5 degrees of Capricorn, and Saturn at 5 degrees of Pisces. It's exact at 12.49 p.m. Now, again, we're dealing with the energy of Capricorn and Pisces, which can really help us to have inspired thinking and inspired plans. You know, uh, our thinking is Mercury and our plans are Saturn. This transit helps us to get shit done. So if you've got responsibilities that are kind of a boner and you don't really want to be doing them, this is actually a great time to to approach them or to, you know, try to get them done simply because they're likely to happen easier than normal. Uh, and, you know, you may find that there's like support or some sort of synergy that occurs. This is a good time for making decisions. It's a good time for sorting through data. So if there's something happening in the world that everyone's talking about and you feel like you should understand, but in truth, you don't, this is a good time to put on your best cowabunga wear so that you can surf the net and find the best information available to you. Because the Mercury sextile to Saturn doesn't only help our ability to make sense of things, but it also makes us a little more likely to find reliable data, which is really important and not a given in, uh, you know, the world we live in. So, you know, anything you want to learn, it's a good time to do it. It's a really good time to do it. Mercury's exile to Saturn can put us in a bit of a pragmatic frame of mind. And that is really helpful because it's not putting us in like a stuck frame of mind. We're not motivated by fear or conservatism. It's just pragmatic. It's like, okay, this will work or it'll only work if I do X, Y, Z. So there are a bazillion ways you can use this energy. Find, find whatever works for where you're at in your life and what you need most. Now, one more thing I'll say about this transit is that it's great for your relationships, and in particular, your mercurial relationships. So your online friends, your friends in general, siblings, roommates, neighbors, coworkers, your pals, uh, it's platonic relationships. So if you know you need to invest in the people around you, uh, by golly, go ahead and do it. Do it. Do it at any point this week. But certainly the sun sextile to Neptune and the Mercury sextile to Saturn are excellent transits for showing people with your words, yes, but also with your actions, the value that they hold for you, the way that you care about them, you know, show up. Now that brings me to the 19th. And I've got good news. And then I've got not good news. So the first thing that I'll tell you is that Mercury is trying to Jupiter. This transit, again, should sound familiar to you. It happened on December 18th and December 7th. So, you know, it's connected to the Mercury sextile to Saturn just because of how the transits have played out. And you can look back at these dates, again, the 18th of December and the 7th of December, to get a sense of what was going on the last time we experienced this transit. And you should reasonably expect whatever themes were going on in your life or the world around you to be on some level reiterating themselves. So this is where we don't want to get too literal. We want to look for the patterns and not just the specifics, okay? Because Mercury can get real nitpicky. Jupiter is all about the big picture. And Saturn is about the structure. So, you know, to give you a sense of that, Mercury trying to Jupiter is just a great transit for feeling resilient, uh, for looking on the bright side of things, 
of making sense of the big picture. You know, Mercury is the details, Jupiter is the big picture. So we're able to actually consider the big picture without losing track of the details or pay attention to the details without losing track of the big picture, depending on your nature, right? This transit's also helpful for organizing. It's also helpful for strategizing because, again, we've got Mercury in earthy Capricorn forming a trine to Jupiter in earthy Taurus. And I didn't say, but I should, that this transit is exact at 1.31 a.m. And it's happening with Mercury at 6 degrees and 13 minutes of Capricorn and then Jupiter, same degrees of Taurus. This is a nice earthy, practical transit. And, you know, some people hear me say practical and you're like, that's boring. But it's it's really not boring because what the pragmatics of earth signs empower us to do is deal with things in the 3D, you know, deal with our material conditions, which always need some measure of care and investment from us. So it's just a really good vibe and it's a great transit. Any major decisions you make, any kind of plans you make tend to be well favored under the influence of this transit and the others that I've mentioned. But you know how the universe giveth and then she doth taketh away? Well, on the same day, just a few hours later, we have an exact square between Venus and Neptune. It's exact at 7.49 a.m. And so this is happening with Venus at 25 degrees of Sagittarius and Neptune at 25 degrees and 26 minutes of Pisces. We are more broadly under the influence of this from the 15th of January to like the 24th, 25th, right? But it is exact on this day, on the 19th. Venus squared to Neptune is to be honest, not my favorite transit. And the reason why is because it creates confusion and demoralization in relationships. Venus is how we relate to people. It's the part of us that wants to feel approved of and and to get positive attention. And Neptune is all about the ether. It's the opposite of getting attention. It feels like you're being overlooked. It feels like you're not important to other people. And this produces anxiety in most people. And you know, all of us experience anxiety in our own way, right? So of course, there's like groups of anxiety that people experience. But, you know, some people get really agitated and irritable when they feel anxious. Some people get really shut down and disassociated when they feel anxious. Like, there's not just one way of being. And this is really relevant because if you're feeling anxious and all you want is for somebody to be extra gentle and nice with you, but they're feeling anxious and they can't stand to make eye contact or be particularly gentle as a result of their anxiety, then it really, both of the way you're behaving and both of what you want has nothing to do with the other person. Because when we experience anxiety, it's such an uncomfortable and kind of like dysregulating emotion that we tend to focus inward in such a way that it's really hard to be authentically considerate of other people because we're fixated on our own, like, fucked up feelings, right? And this is part of why when we look at wars, like on a social level, when we look at wars and when we look at really terrible things that world leaders do, it's often motivated by Neptune. I'm always looking for what Neptune is doing when I'm looking at world leaders who are doing fucked up shit. And this is because Neptune can make people feel like they are being spiritually called to a thing and that that spiritual call is more important than anything in the material world. And it can kind of start to slip into fanaticism and culty shit and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that happens 
often on a social level and, you know, it can happen with individuals. But I want to just point to that because it's similar energy. It's not the same thing, but it's similar energy to what happens on a personal level when we are fixated on our anxieties, right? When we're too fixated on our anxieties, it is really hard to pull ourselves up and have objective engagement with people around us or the environment around us because we're really overwhelmed. Venus square Neptune kicks up all this shit, especially if it hits your chart in a particular way. And I want to reiterate, uh, it's happening at 25 degrees of mutable signs. And if you have anything at around 25 degrees, give or take five degrees on either side of a mutable sign, which is Gemini, Virgo, Sag and Pisces, then you're more likely to feel this, right? And to feel kind of the, the, the less desirable parts of this. So this is a terrible fucking time to... Uh, stare in the mirror and deal with your beauty image issues. Terrible time. It's just don't do it. Because again, Neptune sparks anxiety. This is a terrible time to put yourself out there for a first date or like start an online dating profile. It's just not, it's not the time. You may be feeling really lonely, whether you're partnered or not. You may be feeling really uncomfortable in your skin, uncomfortable with the way you look or the way you think other people feel about the way you look. And this is the function of Venus squared and Neptune. Part of why this happens is so that we recognize the true value of the things that we're giving our attention to. Neptune strips things from us really differently than Pluto, but it strips us of attachments, things, ideas, resources, people, so that we're left with what's left, which is your soul. It's your spirit. When we over fixate on things that actually have nothing to do with our soul, they don't feed our soul, they're not a reflection of our soul, then it leads to emptiness, at least from a spiritual perspective, right? And so much of our lives, we have to do a bunch of shit that has nothing to do with our soul work. And those things often feel bad, especially over time. So Venus squared to Neptune is one of those transits that kind of reminds you of what's not aligned by making it feel bad. But what that doesn't mean is that if you're feeling bad about where you stand in someone's life, that that inherently means that it's a bad relationship or that relationship is not in a good place. It doesn't mean that. It only means that the way that you are holding or thinking about or talking to yourself about where you stand in the other person's life, that needs attention. It's really about the you part. Don't let it be about the other people part. Because, you know, it honestly could be, it may be, but we're not going to have clarity under Venus square to Neptune. Now, we have all these other wonderful transits I've been telling you about that do create stability in our thinking, that do give us better perspective. But it doesn't change that the Venus square to Neptune is so destabilizing, right? So if you can avoid having major process, do. It's a great time for therapy. You know, it's a great time for very gentle spiritual exploration. I wouldn't go too deep. I certainly would point you away from any consciousness raising drugs because anytime we have a conjunction square or opposition to Neptune, we want to avoid that shit. This is a time to fortify your system. Another thing that can often happen under this influence is you find yourself over idealizing someone else, putting someone on a pedestal. And this is, again, a negative fixation because oftentimes that person that you've put on a pedestal, you're comparing yourself to them or you're 
trying to get something from them or give something to them. There's something about putting other people on a pedestal, which is, again, uh, kind of like an anxiety move because it's not necessarily based on what's materially happening in the here and now. It's not based on reciprocity and equality, right? And so if you find yourself doing that, try to be interested. Mercury will help you with that. Try to be interested. Oh, shit. Wow, I'm really putting this person on a pedestal. Uh, What's that about? Like, what is it about them? What am I doing? Or whatever. It is really valuable when we get activated in any way. When we get activated, to be able to identify, first of all, that that's what's happening. And then second of all, to try to be curious. Instead of chasing the feeling or the narrative, trying to like take a deep breath, have a seat, get present, and be curious about the feelings underneath the thoughts. Cultivating curiosity about our own compulsions, our own anxieties, our own big emotional swings is a way to get to know ourselves better. And when you know yourself, you can make better choices. Another thing that's really important for me to tell you about this transit is it will often test your boundaries by putting you in situations where you either willingly or unwillingly, wittingly or unwittingly kind of abandon your boundaries. You just kind of, you know, give away too much, take too much from someone. And if that occurs for you, again, I want to encourage you to be curious, curious about why you haven't identified or held your boundary, why you feel guilty or bad about having a boundary, why you took more than was yours to take, why you trampled on someone else, whatever the case may be. This is a valuable time to learn about boundaries and making sure that they reflect your values, right? Venus values, Neptune boundaries. This is not a super easy or fun transit, but but it is a valuable one. And again, I want to reiterate, it's important to fortify yourself, strengthen those boundaries, and not with, you know, Saturnian walls, but instead with softness, with empathy, with kindness, and the belief and understanding that you are entitled to have healthy boundaries. Other people are entitled to have their boundaries. And we are also all entitled to have whatever feelings we have about those boundaries. Again, it's a fucking process, right? I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, there's the component of this transit that I point you away from doing drugs. I include alcohol with the conversation about drugs. Like, If you can take a break, definitely do so. If you, for whatever reason, cannot take a break from drinking or doing drugs, I would definitely be like super slow and careful about it. Connected to this in, uh, you know, uh, COVID-19 world when we're having such a big surge of the disease plus other, you know, airborne pathogens, it's really important to, you know, have boundaries. So in this world, that means mask up to protect yourself the people you care about, and the broader communities you live in. Because what else is masking, if not a way of walking around, expressing your love for vulnerable people in your community? Now, if that got you in your feelings, wait till you hear this. Okay, on January 20th, not one but three things are happening. Not one but three things are happening. Yeah, I said it twice. I said it twice on purpose. So, okay. Fuck. Okay. We have got at 5.46 a.m. Pacific time, 
an exact conjunction between the Sun and Pluto. At 29 degrees and 59 minutes, this is the most anoretic of the anoretic degrees. This is a very important degree. Some people think like, oh, shit, you know, it's the end of a sign. It's not a big deal. But it's quite the opposite. At the very end of a sign, we have a ton of energy pulled up in that zodiac sign. So here we've got the sun and Pluto sitting in the final degree and minute of Capricorn. That's at 5.46 a.m. But then at 6.07 a.m., the sun moves into Aquarius. And then at 4.51 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, Pluto moves into Aquarius. The fuck? It's a lot. It's a lot. So separate from all the other things, may I say, this is going to be a day of the changing of guards. There will be a massive shift in energy. You may feel it really personally. You may not. We may see really obvious presentations of it in the world, like socially, politically. We may not. But understand that what these transits are bringing up have been building and will continue to play out in major ways. I think it's really kind of a waste of our energy to get too fixated on like crossing through a threshold because that kind of thinking puts us in our heads, takes us out of our hearts and our bodies. And that's just not useful, right? I just want to encourage you before I give you all the details on this to simply be present in your life, centering your wisest, most compassionate, healthy, and well-adjusted parts in how you relate to yourself and how you relate to others, even the people you fucking hate. Sun conjunction to Pluto. Let's start there. This is the end of Pluto in Capricorn. It's not the total final end. If you've listened to my 2024 year ahead forecast, which you should have by now, but if you haven't, you should totally go listen to it. If you've listened to that, then you know that just in time for the 2024 presidential election, Pluto fucking retrogrades back into Capricorn for a hot minute. But then it's totally over for 250 years. No big deal. But here we have the end of Pluto in Capricorn in a meaningful way. And having the sun conjoined to Pluto is super fucking dramatic. It's super dramatic. That's what it does. So Pluto is destruction and creation. It's transformation, reparation, healing and destroying. Pluto is fucking intense. And the sun is our central force of energy. It's our will, not our ego. It's our sense of self. And so on a social and political level, we can expect major power moves and abuses of power on and around the state. And because this overlaps with the Venus square to Neptune, we can expect fanatical, religious, puritanical, culty shit to be a part of this. Pluto and Capricorn has so much to do with the transformation of existing structures, whether we're talking about corporations, governments, you know, the hierarchies that govern and direct so much of our lives. And Pluto, again, is about transformation. So what we are likely to see on and around this date is a really intense articulation of abuse of power. And this may look like the old guard desperately trying to hold on to power. This might look like the old guard 
using the system exactly as it was set up to be used, which unfortunately tends to be pretty bad news for pretty much all of us. If we kind of pull back for just a second, I want to share some context to Pluto. Pluto was discovered in 1930. Uh, When it was discovered, I think it was at 18 degrees, 17 degrees of Cancer, right around there. And so we can look back at Pluto in Aquarius when it happened last. But because humans hadn't yet discovered Pluto, it wasn't yet in human consciousness in the way that it is now, right? Pluto governs nuclear power, big forms of power. And when we're trying to understand the effects of a planet, right, what we do is we look at, of course, the astrological implications, but we hold that up against history. What happened the last time Pluto was in Aquarius? What happened the last time Pluto was in Capricorn? But the thing is, this is the first time we've experienced these transits since we've discovered Pluto. And what happens whenever humans discover a planet is it coincides with major developments in our human experience, and our human evolution. And so it becomes so much harder to make predictions about you know, what Pluto and Aquarius is going to look like or what the end of Pluto and Capricorn means, because this is a somewhat novel thing, right? Since 1930, it is not even 2030. It's only been less than 100 years that humans have had this embodied knowledge and awareness of Pluto. So coming back to Pluto in Capricorn and the Sun-Pluto conjunction, you know, Capricorn has so much to do with bureaucracy, right, on a social, political level. It has to do with hierarchies, bureaucracies, patriarchy, capitalism. It's these systems that are hierarchical, uh, pretty rigid and structural in nature, right? And with this Sun conjunction to Pluto, again, we are likely to see revolutionary forces both trying to fight against these hierarchies, these repressive and oppressive structures and systems, and also to make them stronger, to to yield the power that that they offer to those they offer power to. If you've been taking a break from the news, uh, don't take it. Don't take it around this part of the week. Pay attention to what's happening in the world around you. Don't be surprised when systems that were never set up to keep you or the people you love safe, or even the planet itself safe, when those systems do in fact generate harm, because that's how they were set up. And within that, I will say, and and I promise I'll talk about this on a more personal level in a moment, but within that, do not forget who the enemy is. Do not forget, it is the systems that we live within that harm us. And yes, we, are, we can all be agents of harm within that as individuals or agents of, of healing as individuals. But if we want peace, if we want reparations, we need to be willing and able to regard the systems as they exist and to dismantle those systems without losing too much energy on the individual agents that are a product of their conditioning. Because the reality is that the sun conjunction to Pluto at the anoretic degree, the most anoretic degree of Capricorn, is going to bring up shit. It's going to bring up really intense, heavy, shadowy shit. Because Pluto, it governs the shadow side of humanity. It governs our worst parts. Now, it also governs our ability to bring healing and awareness and to evolve those parts. But you cannot heal something 
that you're not aware of. You can't let something go that you're not first holding. So as we experience this sun conjunction to Pluto, don't take your attention away from the systems. It's Capricorn. It's Pluto and Capricorn. We are dealing with hierarchical systems that are set up to have so many fucking middle managers that you never get to deal with the boss, the person who created the fucking problem to begin with. What a Sun-Pluto conjunction is really bad for is empathy. Now, we do have supportive transits this week that can absolutely uh, increase our willingness and ability to have empathy for other people. But the truth of the matter is most people are really burnt out right now. Most people are enmeshed in their beliefs, and we are all living in a time where our algorithms push news to us that we agree with, period. Our algorithms push news to us that outrages us and engages us from a place of outrage. It pushes news to us that we agree with and we engage with. Your attention is currency, right? Pluto and Capricorn, we're dealing with currency and your attention is currency. Now, as we are at this verge of transitioning into Pluto and Aquarius, we want to become more radicalized, more intentional about how we use the currency of our attention in community and online, right? It's really fucking important. But as Pluto moves into Aquarius, as the sun and Pluto meet up, it's one big intense day, right? Like I said, it's not exclusive to this day by a fucking long shot, but it's all happening on one intense day. On a more personal level, the sun conjunction to Pluto is fucking intense. It kicks up power struggles and triggers basically everyone. So it triggers your trauma because Pluto governs trauma. Now within that is absolutely the tools, the resources, the energy for bringing that trauma into greater healing. And I said greater healing because we're not talking about perfection. We're not talking about Rome being built in a day, as the saying goes. What we're talking about is growing and evolving more and more into alignment to the best of our ability whenever we can, right? Not perfection, just evolution, progress. The sun conjunction to Pluto is really just, it's activating and it's triggering. What it's likely to trigger, you can find out by looking at where, you know, these late degrees of Capricorn fall in your birth chart to get a sense of it. But, you know, broadly speaking, Pluto triggers trauma. This is why people feel resentful, ashamed, paranoid, really, really angry, or really, really sad. Or some kind of unholy cocktail of it all, right? Sun conjunction to Pluto is a transit that may spark the need to stand up for yourself or to stand up for others. And that is not inherently a good or a bad thing to do under this transit, but it will have consequences. And so pick your battles with intention. What is very common under this influence and under the influence of Pluto in general is that we get so fucking triggered and so activated about, you know, something deep inside of us that we have shame around, that we have really complicated and unresolved feelings around, that when we see something outside of us that is important to us, but is not the thing that we're really feeling fucked up about, then we pour all of our activated, all of our triggered energy into that other thing as a way to evade dealing with what's actually happening inside of us. 
And this is why a lot of times when you're suffering the most, when you're really going through fucking something serious, you may act out against other people, maybe in traffic, maybe at home, maybe online. Us humans, we are complicated and fucked up animals. While I'm not saying it's okay to harm yourself for others, I'm saying it's okay to feel broken sometimes. It, it sucks, but it's okay. And this transit of the sun conjunction to Pluto, it activates the ways in which we feel beyond repair. So if you have been repressing grief or shame or rage or resentment, any of these Plutonian feelings, if you're struggling with addiction or self-harm, this transit can really uh, activate these emotions. Now, to make matters more complicated, the sun conjunction to Pluto can trigger psychic attack stuff. Like it can trigger both people using their energy on purpose to harm others or people doing it unconsciously. So if you are a sensitive person, I want to reiterate the need to have healthy boundaries this week. Different than Neptunian boundaries, you know, the kind of spiritual and felt experience of where I begin and end, Pluto is being willing to let go of something in order to hold something else. And so what that might look like is tolerating belonging to yourself and staying centered within yourself energetically, even if you feel crummy in some sort of way, so that you know when or if other people's energies have entered into your field. This is not a time to pick fights, like unless you really believe they're necessary. This is not a time to have heavy processes with people unless you really think it's necessary because the energy is too intense. It's like a fucking freight train. It is out of control and it's not going to get controlled by you. Anyone who tries to control people, feelings, things under this influence is going to have a really fucking hard time. You know what? Sometimes you have a hard time in life and the best you can do is try to learn from that. Again, to be curious about what you're feeling, what you're doing, and what's motivating those things. That is a really important strategy for healing. It's not quick and it's not simple, but it is effective. If you are somebody who struggles with addictions, be a little on alert this week in general and certainly today specifically uh, because Pluto can really trigger our addictions. Know that while you and me and everyone around us is likely to get activated on and around this date, that activation is an opportunity to experience what's hanging out in your shadows. And in order to be whole, in order to be able to access and understand alignment, we have to be willing and able to experience our shadow, to experience the parts of ourselves that we don't particularly like, that we have a hard time owning. And transits like this, the sun conjunction to Pluto, they help us get there. Not in the most gentle way, but they do help us get there. Now, unfortunately, I'm not done with you because I still have to tell you a bit about Pluto's move into Aquarius. I talked about it in the 2023 year ahead forecast, which you can either listen to or read the transcript of on my website. And then I talked about it further on my 2024 year ahead forecast, which again, the transcript and the audio is up on my website. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. But I will spare a few more words here. The zodiac sign of Aquarius is about breaking with convention. It's about individuation. 
and individuality. It's eccentricity. Aquarius is all about breaking the rules. It's about innovation. And Aquarius is is wabi-sabi, you know? It's all about leaving room for differences, for things not being perfect. Aquarius is a zodiac sign associated with humanitarianism in a different way than Pisces. This is an air sign, so it's about justice. It's about freedom and autonomy, right? And Aquarius is associated with our nervous systems, our mind, the internet, technology, STEM. And so as Pluto moves into Aquarius and the whole world is watching a genocide take place in Gaza in a way that we have never as a human animal experienced before, because we've never had social media the way we have it now. Masses of people are more aware of what's happening around the world than we ever have been. Now, to be fair, I know a lot of people don't want to be aware, (laughs) go out of their way to block it out. But there are so many of us who cannot tolerate seeing violence and oppression and to do absolutely nothing about it. There are many of us who are motivated to better understand systems so that we can dismantle them. And there's so many ways of going about that. There's so many ways to be a part of the changing world that we live in, to be a change maker in some way. And again, there's so many ways. There's not only one way. There's not a rule book here. In fact, Aquarius eats rule books for lunch. As Pluto moves into Aquarius more definitively, again, we have one last couple month long stint of Pluto and Cap, but it, this, we are moving into a whole new time here. As this occurs, the potential is that we will see revolutions occur at a level we've never seen it before. And this may be good in the long term. I mean, I would say for sure it fucking is. But when empires fall, who do you think they fall upon? When systems crash, inevitably, it creates a great deal of suffering for the most vulnerable people amongst us. And so, as we move into this time of Pluto and Aquarius, it is essential that we do not lose track of our hearts, that we do not lose track of empathy and humanity, because at the end of the day, as humanitarian as Aquarius is, it is a fixed air sign. It is not about emotions. It is not about emotions. Less so than Capricorn. Capricorn is on a polarity with Cancer, the zodiac sign that's ruled by the moon. Whereas Aquarius is much more associated with intention and attention. That's Leo, right? So there's, there's less emotionality in Aquarius than there is in Capricorn. And that's really important for us to keep track of so that we do not burn out our nervous systems by taking in too much data without emotional processing. Now, because right in between the Sun-Pluto conjunction and Cap and Pluto moving into Aquarius, the Sun also moves into Aquarius because of that. And, you know, I don't pay attention to solar seasons a lot, but this solar season, Aquarius season, let's pay attention. Let's pay attention to what's happening in the world because it's going to give us a lot of information about Pluto and Aquarius in general. If you yourself have Aquarius placements in your birth chart, and I should say everyone has Aquarius in their birth chart. We all have all 12 signs in our birth chart. We don't all have planets 
in a given zodiac sign. We don't all have, you know, important points like, you know, our angles of our birth chart or asteroids or whatever in a particular sign. But we all have each sign in our birth chart doing shit. So wherever you have first couple degrees of Aquarius or a fixed sign, and again, the fixed signs are Aquarius, Leo, Scorpio, and Taurus, you're going to get real activated here with Pluto and Aquarius. And that activation is not bad and it's not good. It is simply energy. And energy is energy. Energy can be used to heal and to harm. Energy is energy. And how we choose to engage with the energy we feel in ourselves, in the energy that we have in our lives, the energy that we see at play in the world, however we choose to engage with that energy influences our energy and changes us. One of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite authors, Octavia Butler, is, all that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. And if you haven't read her books, oh, I'm so jealous of you because that means you get to read them for the first time. She's amazing. But importantly, importantly, I have to say, this is a time where we can get free. Personally, you know, free from our trauma, free from self-imposed limitations, free from patterns and behaviors, we can get free. And then socially, in regards to the separation of church and state, the shackles of fucking capitalism, the oppression of women and gender nonconforming and trans folks, from white supremacy, and it's just countless tentacles which include but are not limited to colonialism, we can get free during a Pluto transition through Aquarius. But it is not going to happen on its own. And it will not be easy. It will take mass community efforts. And we don't have to do it all on day one. We don't all have to do all the things all the times. But the project of freedom and autonomy, of liberation, it requires that we are aware of and present with oppression and suffering and all the pain and shit that it causes. And that is exceptionally difficult. It just is. But it's very hard to fix a problem that you don't understand. Pluto and Aquarius brings with it so much potential, so much potential for harm as communities of people isolate themselves and alienate themselves from others based on petty differences. Harm from technology and the way we use it and the way we allow it to use us, but also healing, also greater embodiment, alignment, community building, healing. It's really a spectacular time to be living through. And so instead of trying to predict what will come, what I want to point you towards is where you are right now, where you are right now. If you're burnt out right now, I want to encourage you to, to actually take care of that, to prioritize that, because this is not a fucking sprint, my loves. It is a marathon. This is a 20-year transit. It's not going to be done in a couple days, in a couple months, in a couple years. It's not. So finding a way to bring heart into your own healing process, whether you're thinking about it on a psychological level, spiritual level, where you're thinking about it on a systems level, community level, a global level. However you're thinking about it, however you're dealing with it, it requires heart because we are not technology. We're not machines. We need to bring our emotions into 
the group chat, so that our intention and what we give our attention to includes, envelops, reflects our emotions, our emotional integrity, our emotional capacity. Talking about empathy and care and love. So we will talk about Pluto and Aquarius a lot more, but today's the day that Pluto enters into Aquarius in 2024. As always, if you would like to use the same transit tracking tool that I use, you can subscribe to Astrology for Days to track the transits. And if you would like to go deeper with me into astrology, spiritual care, psychic woo shit, all of that, you can join me over on Patreon. And while you're there, you will get lots of content, including but not limited to my monthly bonus episode of Ghost of a Podcast, where I talk about the astrology of the month ahead. If you don't already read my weekly sun sign horoscope, you should know. I drop it every Wednesday. And you know, it's just, it's just a little love letter to you. Thanks so much for joining me here on Ghost. And I will talk to you in just a couple of days. Bye-bye. Thank you.